Hello, and thank you for joining us for FYI, the Public Library's podcast. I'm Kathleen Hughes, Manager of Publications at the Public Library Association. Our guest today is Sarah Kittrell. Sarah is the Collection Development Division Manager of the Wichita Public Library in Wichita, Kansas. She has also been the Pest Management Coordinator for the system since 2012. And she's going to share a lot of great information about managing potential bedbug situations at your library today. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me today. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on in the world of bed bugs in libraries? It's becoming more of a problem for libraries, but libraries are realizing what they have to look for and are realizing that they may have had a problem that they were not aware of before. Um, so libraries all around the country are just really starting to know how to work with their pest management companies on bed bug practices and how to keep their facilities safer from having a bed bug introduction. The thing about bed bugs is they are, I, I think the reason that people have so much of such a problem with bed bugs is that they will bite and feed on people, um, which is not something that, say, roaches would do if you had a roach infestation. Um, bed bugs are also very, very small and are capable of hiding in very tight, dark places in cracks in walls or, um, you know, in the cracks of furniture or in the spines of books, as we have found out. Um, so you may not know that you have them until you really, really have a problem because it's, from my research that I've done, I've pretty much found that by the time you actually see a bed bug in your residence or at the library, you definitely have an issue that will need a pest management people to come in and discuss with you. And you've become something of an expert. Tell us about the situations regarding bed bugs that have happened at your library. So in 2012, um, which is when this sort of blew up in the library world, um, in August of 2012, we um, had a customer at our central library who reported being bitten by an unknown insect while sitting in one of our lounge chairs. And so it was suspected and then later confirmed that this bug was a bed bug. And so we brought in a pest management company to inspect the rest of our furniture, and we found out that um, there were signs of bed bugs in multiple pieces of furniture in multiple seating areas around the library. What are the signs? In furniture, you may find dead skins, you may find bed bug eggs, you may find a live bug. Um, our furniture happened to be red, so we might not have been able to see the telltale spotting that a bed bug will leave while it is hiding, um, which might be more of a reddish-brown smear um, because they do excrete the blood that they eat. We ended up closing the library for five days while we had treatment. Uh, we did a heat treatment of all of our furniture and selected chemical spraying around the uh, book stacks where the, near where the seating areas had been. And we also had a bed bug sniffing dog come in twice over the course of those five days to try to target where there might be issues in the collection that we weren't aware of and then to give the all clear on the building that we really were okay to reopen to the public. And since that time, we have had multiple introductions um, over the course of the last four years. Um, but nearly all of those introductions have been caught at the check-in counter. So we we prefer to keep our policies and our procedures and our inspection of materials really, you know, 
up front at the circulation counter so that we can catch anything before it becomes an issue for our collections or facilities. And how does the bed bug sniffing dog work? Well, the bed bugs exude pheromones, and the bed bug dog is trained to smell out those pheromones. So when the dog um, is scheduled to come to one of our facilities, we will turn off the air handling system that morning at about half an hour before the dog arrives. And that lets the air settle and the pheromones waft. And then the dog will catch scent of the pheromones and just follow it straight to the shelving unit or the piece of furniture or wherever the bed bug may be hiding. And then in our case, the dog will sit and paw at whatever the problem area is. And so then we start taking a closer look to see if we can spot a problem. We've been bringing the dog into our main location um, at about three to four times a year, and we will do our branches as needed if we've had an increase in the number of introductions caught at the check-in counter. We might just want to double-check that we really have caught everything at the check-in counter. Can you talk about the life cycle of the bed bug and the different stages that you might encounter? Yes. um, The bed bug has um, multiple life stages. Uh, There are, I believe, seven life stages, um, which range from the egg to the five stages of nymphhood. Um, They are called instar nymphs, and the first stage is very, very tiny, uh, just barely bigger than the head of a pin. And to me, personally, they look like really tiny golden spiders. In the first stage, they're just going to be almost straw-colored, but translucent as well. And the problem with bed bugs and books is in that stage, they may very well try to blend in with the paper. They're very close to being paper colored. Um, And then as they get older, they will feed, and they're easier to determine that they are bed bugs um, as the older they get because they feed. And that uh, blood meal will show up as dark spots um, in the bug itself. And first it will just look like a pinprick dark spot, and then with each successive um, molting of their exoskeleton, they get bigger, and the dark spots get bigger. And the older they get, the they take on much more of a rusty red cast to them, and by the time they are, they're adults, they are no longer uh, translucent. Um, the adult bed bugs are about um, five millimeters across, which in my experience is about the size of a pencil eraser on a number two pencil, sort of a pencil eraser with a head. And um, so that's the sort of, that's the size of bug you should be looking at. Um, however, there is a significant difference between what they look like when they are um, just when they haven't fed and when they have fed. Uh, when they have fed, they will swell up quite significantly and look more like a little tiny cigar because they get very round and very swollen. Um, and then as their food is digested, they will return to their flat, ovalish shape. You emphasize that we should try to catch the bed bugs at check-in. My preferred method for our staff is to catch them before they hit the shelf. Um, so if you find say, dead skins or um, other signs of bed bugs, spotting or smears. What we do is we will quarantine the material as soon as it comes back. And by quarantine, we mean put it into um, a Ziploc plastic bag. And then we will inspect the other items that were returned with this item. Uh, So we can try to determine if that customer has a bed bug issue or if possibly the item was checked out to them that way. You know, if one book is really badly damaged and none of the other books are that this customer had, it's quite possible that 
someone, you know, that book actually did get checked out to them that way. And, of course, we want to avoid that, but it has been known to happen. Um, so we really do try to pay attention to the condition of the items as they cross our counter. And then once the items have been inspected, we will spray down the uh, circulation counter wherever it was turned in with uh, rubbing alcohol because that will kill adults and nymph bed bugs on contact, but it won't, it won't do anything to eggs. Um, we just we prefer to overspray with rubbing alcohol and disinfect everything rather than let a bug that we might not have noticed crawl away and hide somewhere else where we might not find it. The rubbing alcohol does not kill the eggs, though. It does not. Is there something that does? Heat. Rubbing alcohol will kill on contact because it will dehydrate the bug, um, but it is not a residual. So once it's sprayed and evaporates, it does not do anything else. When you're checking in books and you say you come across evidence of bed bug in a book, what's the best way to handle that with a, with a patron or a customer? When we find signs of an infestation in a book, um, what we'll do first is check other materials that they have checked out recently or, as I said, returned with that item. I require that we have at least two signs, if not three, that they have an issue in their residence um, before I will contact them to let them know that, hey, there's a problem. Um, And it could be that they have checked out books for someone else and the other person has a problem. Um, It could be that they realized they had an issue, but they thought they'd kept the bugs in a different area of the house. Um, It could be that they didn't know they had a problem at all, um, or their neighbor might have a problem and they don't realize that it's spread to their apartment yet. Um, So basically, we will cover all the bases, um, give them some signs to look for in their residences. um, And Wichita Public Library currently, um, if we know that the customer has an issue and are absolutely 100% certain, we will suspend their borrowing privileges um, and their visitation privileges, but we're currently reviewing that policy to see if we are in line with what other libraries are doing around the country um, for that. But once a person has a bed bug issue that we have confirmed, we will not send other items home with them. Once they provide us with, um, you know, we've taken receipts for treatment, we have talked to apartment managers or building managers to say, hey, treatment has occurred, or if they've moved to a new address and there's no signs that the bed bugs followed them to that new address, we will reinstate their borrowing privileges. And as far as face-to-face, if a person is handing a book to a librarian and there's evidence of bed bugs, would the librarian mention it? You almost can't not mention it. If a book is set down on the counter and it's just crawling with bugs, it would look more odd to not mention it, I think. Um, so I've asked my staff if if they're in a situation where they do need to discuss it with the customer um, to be very sympathetic and um, just say, hey, we noticed that there's some bugs on this. Um, are you having a pest issue at your house or at your um, residence? And then they tell them that I will be in touch with them um, with further information. Um, I am the only one who will suspend privileges. Is that in your position as pest management coordinator? Yes. Let's go through another scenario. Say dead bug skins or other signs of infestations are found in materials in the book drop, on a book truck, or on the shelf. It's a little different different for each of those. So we ask our staff to thoroughly inspect any of the items that were in the book drop. Um, In cases where we have had live bugs in the book drop, we will 
or confirmed live bugs in the book drop. We will pull the book drop, um, spray it down with rubbing alcohol, and then heat treat every single item that was in the book drop. Uh, we have had cases of transference between live bed bugs in the book drop um, from one customer, and then a bug was found on a completely different customer's book from that same book drop. So we do know that transference can happen. The same thing sort of on the book truck. If we find a book that, you know, if the bed bug was found in the Clive Kessler book, we might be pay closer attention to the other action-adventure books on the cart and not as close attention to, say, the romances. But we will do an inspection of all the books on the truck, and anything that looks suspicious would be pulled for quarantine and sent to our heat treatment um, space. Can you tell us a little bit about the heat treatment options? Yes. Um, after looking at multiple options for treating bed bugs, um, the Wichita Public Library has opted to purchase a heat treatment box, and we use this box very regularly um, for basically any item that it, we were concerned might have come into contact with bed bugs. We will not treat items that we have confirmed bed bug damage on because the damage that bed bugs leave behind is blood, and we discard everything that has a blood stain on it. Um, but if we think that an item might have come into contact with bed bugs or we don't see any signs but staff at a, one of our branch locations thought it was suspicious, we will heat treat it. Um, our heat treatment box, we choose to heat the items to 122 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, there's a thermometer that's rather like a, a meat thermometer that you stick inside a book and you monitor the temperature that way. And once it hits 122 degrees, all bed bug life stages should be dead. We just heat treat our books and media cases, and then we get them back out into circulation. Sometimes there's confusion between exactly what type of a bug it is that a staff person has encountered. They may be a little paranoid about a bed bug infestation, so a lot of bugs start to look like bed bugs. Is there some way to tell them apart? or In Wichita, the most common confusion we had was between baby German cockroaches and adult bed bugs. Um, they aren't really the same size, but they will scurry across a book and people will immediately jump to their worst case scenario, which is generally bed bug. And so I started asking my staff to take photographs of whatever bugs that they were concerned about if they were able to capture it. Um, and we do that with like a piece of book tape or any tape actually. And But one way to tell the difference is that the um, baby German cockroach will have a beige-ish um, or light brown spot in the middle of its torso, and the bed bug will not. Um, and the baby German cockroach will also have really long wiggly antenna, and the baby or and the bed bug will not. A bed bug infestation can be quite a public relations debacle. How can libraries best manage letting the public know? It is a public relations um, issue. And what works for the libraries that I have talked to is to be completely transparent with the public about what is going on. Um, Wichita used this to start a conversation in the community about bed bugs and um, provided education um, via the city TV station, we had a training from one of the pest control companies in town, and that training was taped and was broadcast on the local TV station. Um, some other libraries have chosen to put together uh, fact sheets on their 
websites uh, with links to all sorts of information about bed bugs, how people can identify them, um, you know, what they can do to prevent having infestations uh, and introductions in their own residences, being willing to tell the public what's going on rather than trying to hide what's going on uh, is really key. There are policy and procedure implications that libraries can do to get ahead of the issue before it would ever become an issue? A lot of things should be discussed by library staff uh, before an introduction happens. And some of those include things like uh, what you allow customers to bring into your facilities. We do not allow uh, bags of clothing or bedrolls or the big large frame um, backpacks into our facilities. Um, it's also good to look at what sort of furniture you have in the building and whether that furniture is conducive to bed bugs hiding in it. Uh, Wichita Public Library ended up getting rid of one entire style of our chairs, so it's worth discussing your furniture options. Um, it's also worth discussing before you have an introduction how you will handle customers who do have an a bed bug issue. and. You know, are you going to suspend their borrowing privileges or their visitation privileges? And it's important to talk with your um, legal counsel about how you would handle that. And it's also important to talk about what you would do if one of your staff members has an issue. I think it's really very beneficial to have a point person at your library who really spearheads the pest management response. Um, that doesn't mean that they have to be the only one to treat the books uh, or treat items or go investigate suspected introductions at other locations or help with quarantine procedures if uh, there's staff who have to quarantine and, and hire a book drop, that sort of thing. But I think it helps to have one person who is in charge of making sure that staff are trained in what to, what to look for as well as who makes the decisions regarding when suspension will occur and what you need to have the customer be reinstated. Can you talk a little bit about professional pest control options? If you have a bed bug introduction, you should absolutely contact your pest control company uh, immediately, uh, and they will be happy to share options with you. But different pest control companies have different preferred ways of treating bed bugs, and um, in Wichita Public Library's case, we ended up getting three three or four different quotes when we had to treat our building. Uh, the quotes ranged from $3,000 to $98,000. And we chose to go for a middle-of-the-road option because we felt that that best suited our needs. The $98,000 treatment would have involved wrapping the building um, and then fumigating with chemicals inside. Um, and as I said, we ended up going for a heat treatment option was chemically treating a few specific areas. That was a lot of great information. Thank you so much, Sarah. If you would like to get more information about Sarah's publication, The Bed Bug Guide for Public Libraries that she's written for PLA, visit www.pla.org or email me, Kathleen Hughes, at khughes, that's H-U-G-H-E-S, at ala.org. Thanks again for listening.